et venimus cum munelibus adorare dominum. And we have come with gifts, or if you will, we have come with oblations to adore the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear daughter Ellen, Sister Macrina, in becoming a Benedictine oblate of this monastery, you are adopted not only into the family of the sons and daughters of our glorious patriarch, St. Benedict. You are also adopted into the spiritual progeny of one of the 17th century's most incandescent spiritual figures, Mother MacTilde of the Blessed Sacrament. You know that Mother MacTilde gave one of her most important conferences on the Vigil of the Epiphany in 1694. She would have been a grand old lady at the time, 80 years old, and this conference reflects her thought in its maturity. The message of Mother MacTilde speaks to the heart of anyone called by God to a life of adoration and oblation. The Great Lady affirms, first of all, that the Most Holy Eucharist contains all the mysteries of Christ. Or, if you will, as Abbot Marmion says, Christ in his mysteries. Insofar as these mysteries are human, they took place in a given space and at a precise moment in time. Insofar as these mysteries are divine, they transcend both space and time, remaining ever-present and actual in the Most Holy Sacrament of the Altar. The mystery events of Christ contained in the Most Holy Eucharist are eternally present to the Father. The infancy of Christ, the boyhood of Christ, his hidden life, his public life of preaching and casting out demons and healing the sick, his bitter passion, his burial, his descent into hell, his resurrection, his ascension, all of these are present to the Father. And all of these are perpetually available to the Church, to whom it is given to apply 
their fruits sacramentally for the forgiveness of sins and for the growth in holiness of the faithful. All the mysteries of Christ are present and available to you. Mother Matilda in the same conference relates the grandeur of the heavenly liturgy in all its perfection. She relates the heavenly liturgy to the vocation of those whom God has chosen to adore him in spirit and in truth here below. Those whom God calls to participate in some way, as in a mirror darkly, in the eternal Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Such is your vocation as an oblate of Silver Stream Priory. Mother Mechthilde further relates adoration to the immolation of the victim made over to God in sacrifice. You know the rite of oblation as laid out by St. Benedict in the Holy Rule. At the very beginning, oblation was reserved to the children entrusted to a monastery by their parents. The little children themselves were oblations, sacrificial offerings made over to God. And St. Benedict, with an extraordinary liturgical sensibility, directs that the little child should be brought to the altar and his hand wrapped in the corporal. In St. Benedict's day, the corporal would have been ample. The corporal would not only have been the place of the oblations of bread and wine, but the end of the corporal would have been sufficiently long to wrap the child's hand in it, thereby associating the little child with the oblations of bread and wine. This ritual gesture says it all. One cannot adore in spirit and in truth while withholding something of oneself from God. One's whole self must be surrendered in a sacrificial holocaust, cast whole into the flames, for one's adoration to be what God would have it be. For this reason did the Father give us the sacrifice of the Son. In the canon of the Mass each day, the priests tracing the sign of the cross three times over the body and blood of Christ says, the holy victim 
the pure victim, the spotless victim. The pattern of adoration to be reproduced in all who belong to him, and this by the power of the Holy Ghost. And this goes to the very heart of what it means to be an oblate. One offered, one made over entirely to God with the host laid upon the corporal and with the wine mixed with a drop of water in a chalice. One of the most remarkable characteristics of Mother MacTill's teaching is her conviction that all the baptized are called to holiness. This is something that you and Tom have understood from the beginning of your marriage. Something that you have communicated to your children. The life of perpetual adoration is not for a coterie of elite souls. It belongs to the life of all who, being baptized, are called to become the adorers in spirit and truth whom the Father seeks. What Mother MacTilde brings to this is a compelling invitation to a life of victimhood, that is, of identification with the host, with the Lamb, immolated from before the foundation of the world and present on the altars of the Church and in the tabernacles of the Church from the rising of the sun to its setting. Mother MacTill's teaching corresponds to that of St. Paul, fundamental for all oblates. Whatever you are about, in word and action alike, Invoke always the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, offering, says St. Paul, offering your thanks to God the Father through him. Mother MacTill's insistence on the victimal character of the Christian life and of the monastic life is an uncompromising and wholehearted response to what St. Paul says, you know the text well, in Romans. And now, brethren, I appeal to you, by God's mercies, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to God, and worthy of his acceptance. This is the worship due from you as rational creatures. By rational, St. Paul means as men and women created in the image and likeness of God. A life of adoration here below is a foretaste of heaven. <laughs> One who adores perpetually in this life, who adores with every breath and every heartbeat, is doing already what he will do eternally in heaven. Here one adores in the darkness of faith, but there it will be in the light of glory. And so, my dear daughter, 
What do you see? 